0: Join the meal because, Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Welcome to number 25. For the past 25 weeks, we've been right here around this table of redemption. We've had some interesting conversations. We've had some wonderful table guests. Today is no exception. I want to start us off with a thought, and it's not an original thought. You've heard this before, but it's very true little things can make a big difference. Little things, things that we take for granted can make a huge difference in other people's lives. For example, riding a bicycle. Riding a bicycle, what do you think of when you think of riding a bike? Most of us think of riding bikes when we were kids. Some of us ride bikes with our families. Some of us, uh, Put on the spandex and get on our bicycles and go on a 40, 50-mile bike ride. We do that often. But probably we don't think about a bicycle as being an instrument that could be used to radically change somebody's life for the good. There's a bike shop in downtown Birmingham called Redemptive Cycles. And this is Redemption's Table. They are called Redemptive Cycles. One's plural, one's singular. And you'll hear in just a moment, I just tripped all over that continually during this conversation. But there's a place called Redemptive Cycles. And they have a radical mission. Their mission begins with these words. Our mission is to redeem the streets. Wow. Wow. I was blessed to sit down with their executive director, Catherine Dernboss, to engage in conversation with her, to talk about redemptive cycles. We shared a meal at Crestline Bagel Company there in Birmingham. It's a very interesting conversation you're about to hear. There's some, there's some surprises along the way. This is absolutely delightful. I hope you tune in. I hope maybe God uses this conversation to spark something within you. Maybe you don't live in Birmingham, but maybe your community could use a place like Redemptive Cycles to make a difference in people's lives. So let's get started. Give it a listen. Thank you for being here. Well, welcome to Redemption's Table. We are sitting at Crestline Bagel Company, downtown Birmingham. We've been here before, actually, on this podcast, and we have our special guest today, Catherine Dornboss. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: I am excited you're here. You are the executive director, and I'll just just have to pause and say, I think I'm on an executive director streak, because it's like third executive director in a row. Uh, you're the executive director at Redemptive Cycle.
1: Correct. And that's in yes. downtown Birmingham. Downtown Birmingham's nonprofit bike shop. We're actually located just a block away from where we're sitting right now. So this is my go-to lunch space, okay. um, so thank you for meeting me here.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for joining me. I had the turkey Reuben sandwich, which was fabulous, and I had the potato salad. It was equally uh, impressive. What did you have for lunch?
1: I had the grilled chicken almond salad, mixed greens, super simple, very fall
0: that, that, that looked good as well. Yeah. So, Well, I was struck by the first time I le- when I learned about Redemptive Cycle, I served at a Mission, downtown Birmingham, Brother Brian Mission, for 19 months as a chaplain. And I know firsthand, seeing some of the brothers there at Brother Brian, uh, what, what you do, but the first thing that caught my attention whenever this podcast started, it's called Redemption's Table. And your organization is called Redemptive Cycle Cycles. Yeah. And uh, I looked on your, your webpage mission statement first thing that caught my attention first thing out of the box says our mission is to redeem the streets yes that is an incredible beginning to a mission statement how is this happening flesh that out talk about that so
1: there's multiple facets to redemptive cycles um i think what's really exciting is that we have an earn a bike program Mm -hmm. so our clients who are low or low income or homeless individuals in birmingham can do 12 hours of community service. They get a refurbished bicycle, safety gear, and a repair credit in the shop. This allows them to access independent, sustainable transportation that they might go back and forth to their job with, that they might be able to get back and forth to a grocery store or other daily life errands, um, and can really change the scope of their mobility in town. And we do that through donated bicycles. So we're redeeming actual bicycles. Bicycles that might otherwise be left for the trash or Mm -hmm. be taken to the dump. Um, We're giving them new life and giving them to folks who need a step up in life. And we're also giving back to our community. We believe strongly that um, in the investment of time that our earner bikers are giving to this program. donating 8 hours of that 12 hours of time to other agencies in town. So they might do community service at Brother Brian Mission, they might do it at um, Firehouse Shelter, they might do it at Jones Valley Teaching Farm. Um, There's a number of agencies or they can select their own. They can do it at their home church or their home community center, um, wherever they feel like their time is valuable and someplace that they want to give back. And so it's a full circle of redemption yeah. at Redemptive Cycles.
0: I love that. And I love the play of the words there. It just now hit me because I'm seeing your logo yes. with the Redemption Cycle. Yes. Uh, so I, that's that's a Redemptive Cycle. That's yeah. incredible.
1: And it's an infinity bike. If you've never seen our logo before, I call it an infinity bike. And there's basically a, a bicycle fashioned on an infinity sign. Okay. And there you can make all of your own assessments about what that means, Um, but for us, it really means just being part of the process of somebody's personal life story of redemption, and that's really important to us, and that's the core of our mission, and everything that we do comes back to that, Um, and we believe that as long as we're moving one step forward at a time, then we're moving towards that in a positive way. Wow.
0: Now, the organization, when did it start?
1: So... It started in 2013, okay. um, and it got its 501c3 status in 2014. Okay. So it started with our founder, Marcus Fetch. He had this idea when he was able to buy a lot of bikes, literally 30 to 40 bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a bicycle mechanic himself, was also doing work with the homeless in Birmingham at the time, mm-hmm. and he heard the recurrent need that people needed a way to get across town more efficiently than mm-hmm. on their feet. And so he stumbled across this lot of bicycles and was like, well, hey, that would fix this problem, and I think I can teach myself how to do it, and I already know a little bit about bicycle mechanics, and he put them in somebody's garage in kind of the woodlawn area um, wow. and just started that. So the pro- the organization actually started with the Earn a Bike program at its very core. Wow. Um, and then once momentum started growing, it was, you know, you should make this permanent, you should... And so he got input from a lot of other folks and a lot of help along the way, and it became the organization that it is today, Okay. which is we have a retail bike shop where we sell used and new bikes, we do full service maintenance and repairs on bicycles Mm -hmm. for customers who are paying customers, but all of that money that we generate in our retail shop covers our overhead, so that when we make an ask for a donation or a grant, we're able to put that directly to our charitable programming. Okay. So there's no overhead in those donations. Um, yeah. So when you make a donation to Redemptive Cycles, it's going directly to someone in need in the form of our Earn a program or Siding Scale Repair. Um, and that's very exciting for us.
0: Okay, wow.
1: And it helps us to be more sustainable as well. Yeah. So
0: 2013 to 2019 mm-hmm. in a six year time frame, how many bikes have come through there How many bikes have been redeemed, and then how many people have participated in the Earn-a-Bike program?
1: Yeah, so in 2018, 134 people participated in the Earn-a-Bike program, um, which is an exciting and a really Mm -hmm. big number. The year prior, we actually had a a few more. We had 154 Mm -hmm. um, that did the program, and this year we're going to be somewhere in that ballpark. The year's not done yet. We just got into October. Um, and so we're probably going to land somewhere between 130 and 150 individuals. So that means that we're in, that's just three years of it. So uh-huh. you can imagine that you extrapolate that number out to six years. We're looking at over 800 bikes.
0: Wow. Um, wow. and
1: individuals served by just the Earn a Bike program. Okay. Um, and then we have another program, Sliding Scale Repairs, that allows people to get essential repairs and maintenance for their bicycle at a price that they can afford and that they're actually naming themselves. So they're able to say, oh, hey, I have $3, but I need my, my flat fixed. can you do that? Mm-hmm. And we're at the point in our organization now where we always say yes, we make it happen because we know the essentiality of transportation and getting someone from point A to point B. Oftentimes people are using that bicycle to get back and forth to work Mm -hmm. or for other essential life errands. Um, and so we don't want them to be without it. So it's very easy for us to say, yeah, we'll help you out. No problem.
0: I, when I, when I read, and I want to just pause right here and say, this, this always happens. We'll be so quiet in here right before we begin. And then suddenly I think an ice machine just kicked on right over here. So it sounds like a plane's about to land on the table. (laughs) Uh, what I read on your website is when it started when all this began, Birmingham was not a particularly bicycle friendly town. Right,
1: yeah there weren't a lot of people using bicycles as utilitarian vehicles mm -hmm. Um, it just was not something that was happening very often and I can attest to that I've lived in Birmingham for 8 years now I Mm -hmm. came as a graduate student at UAB and I used a bike then and I never saw anyone else I was the only person in my building at UAB who would ride their bicycle that I knew of. Wow. Maybe there was one or two more. Um, You've been and, up the campus
0: recently, that All that's changed. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And now, the same building that I used to work in, all of the bike racks are full yeah. outside. There's 10, 20, 30 people just in that building who are riding their bikes. And I think that's really exciting. Um, and I... I think that Redemptive has a small part in that. Mm-hmm. I also think that having Zip bike share and just a bike share system in general has normalized having bikes on the street in yeah. Birmingham and the general urban revival is that people are living closer to where they work and where they play and a natural extension of that is alternative transit other than a vehicle because parking is limited. Um, as downtown grows, it's not a linear growth with the number of parking spots that there are. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes people will forgo a car and try and save a little time and get on their bicycle instead
0: yeah i'm from birmingham okay and i have noticed the change in birmingham i've seen it go through several different uh, stages but i I love what i see happening in the birmingham area all this renovation all this revitalization in the downtown area and y'all are located in a part of town that i i love Uh, of course the mission district is there um I grew up going to the Alabama Theater, which is right up the street, but there's just a lot of, uh, just uh, between 3rd Avenue North, 2nd Avenue North, which all are located on 2nd Avenue yes, North. in the
1: 1300 block right by, behind Church the Redeemer mm-hmm. um, and very close to Innovation Depot, where okay. we're sitting right now, and just really two blocks away from Railroad Park.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's just amazing and exciting to see what's happening yes. in, in my hometown. Absolutely. Uh, we talked about how uh, the, how many bikes have come through the uh, through the program. Stats are one thing. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit. About, do you, can you share a story or two about lives that have been changed sure. because of the. Uh, the bike program? That you have.
1: Yeah. Um, this one is, your listeners can actually look it up if they do a, if they YouTube search Redemptive Cycles, mm-hmm. they're going to come across, one of the videos they'll come across is an Alabama media group video from several years ago, and it featured an earn biker named Chuck. Okay. Um, and Chuck came to us at a tough point in his life. Um, he was living on the streets, was living in emergency shelters, came to get a bicycle as part of turning his life around. Mm-hmm. Um, He earned a bike, he started volunteering in the shop, but he was also working in a lot of other ways to better himself. Mm -hmm. Um, I forget which mission program he went through, but he did go through a mission program. Um, And then he has eventually gotten to the point um, to, I could talk a lot about Chuck's story, but he has eventually gotten to the point where he now comes back to the shop, and he was a customer, I believe, a year and a half ago, he, yeah. he bought a new bike from us, wow. and was very proud to do so, came into a car that was in a car that was fully paid for, he has a full-time job, um, he went to trade school, he is doing really well for himself, and he credits a lot of different places with his life turnaround, mm-hmm. um, but... Chuck will always hold a special place in our heart and he now comes on trample occasionally which wow. is our weekly ride and comes with the children that are part of his life now um and that's just super exciting and fun yeah. uh, those are the stories that really reward us yeah. for the work that we're doing and chuck is just one example um and he's in a lot of ways the most visible example because for whatever reason by um, maybe it was a God thing mm-hmm. but the fact that we did a video about him mm-hmm. close to the holiday season I think in 2015 and he's been a person who's had all of this success afterwards wow. is really really exciting um, and we have stories like Chuck's a lot and they're little victories and they're big victories and We even think that someone getting into permanent housing Mm -hmm. who's maybe been homeless for years and years, I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, And we also think that someone getting, uh, having a successful mission program where maybe they're no longer struggling with drug addiction issues or they're still struggling with it, but they're no longer using, that's Mm -hmm. a very positive outcome. Um, Getting someone employed is an extremely positive outcome. Someone being able to better themselves in any way, Mm -hmm. we consider a win. And it's always very exciting to be part of people's life stories. And that's, I have an earn a a biker at least a couple times a month, sometimes once a week if I'm lucky, come into my office and say, hey, I just wanted to introduce myself, came back, earned a bike on such and such time, and this is where I'm at now. And that is always such a fun thing to share with someone and I always love that the stories we've created in an environment at Redemptive that we want to praise any small success that you mm-hmm. have in life. so they don't have to be these elaborate stories of redemption They yeah. can be small wins because we all know that small wins are what ultimately make the big wins yeah. so just being able to say oh I graduated to a new level in my recovery program Mm -hmm. isn't that awesome
0: yeah
1: all of us will fawn over that and get very excited for the person because that's a big deal yeah um and
0: that just a simple little thing i mean it's a huge thing to give somebody hope yes two questions i ask a lot where are you hurting what is your hope Mm -hmm. and anytime we can give somebody a, a, a breath of hope a breath of encouragement so that's really cool
1: yeah and I also think it's really important we create an environment at the shop where we try and welcome people as they are Mm -hmm. and we try and commune with them just as a normal human being Mm -hmm. and I think that's so important Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes as particularly our homeless clients Mm -hmm. are looked at as by society as a whole sometimes as less than human
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and that dehumanization can be extremely demoralizing. And it can really wreck someone's personal Mm self-confidence. And it can change the way that they think about themselves Mm -hmm. and their worth and their potential. And just being able to have a conversation with them and acknowledge that their feelings are valid. And that their opinion is interesting and matters and that someone is actually listening to it. the value of that is hard to describe, but I think having spaces like that are so important mm-hmm. as part of people's recovery efforts because you have to feel human and you have to feel confident in order to be making positive strides in your life.
0: Yeah. These words like redemption, redemption's table, redemptive, redemptive cycles these are not words we use a lot Mm -hmm. in our culture anymore. I believe people understand what they mean, but we just don't use these words. And my question is this, is is there a a faith base to this that started this when it was originally launched?
1: Absolutely, so our founders started it with faith based in mind. Mm -hmm. We're not officially affiliated with a church Mm -hmm. or anything like that, and that has also been Um, conscious Mm -hmm. because we want everyone to feel welcome Mm -hmm. and there are fantastic faith-based missions in Birmingham Mm -hmm. and there's a host of fantastic places of worship Mm -hmm. in Birmingham Um, but we want folks to also just come as they are Mm -hmm. and feel welcome but I think we all take that faith-based mission at Redemptive very personally I think we all try and execute it in our own way all Mm -hmm. staff does and all volunteers do and I think the common denomination of that is love and loving people as they are and acknowledging them as they are and I think regardless of what your faith is I think that is the unifying factor in many faiths is that we treat one another with love and that is the superlative action Um, and that's the way that it can be redeeming in and of itself because it redeems you as the giver of love and it redeems their recipient um, because you're acknowledging them in this kind of holy emotion
0: yeah and I see that reflected I've been in your shop three or four times and every time I come in I I receive that I get that from those who work there who serve there so that is really really cool um you told me that you started out as a commuter biker Yes. Uh, not necessarily. Maybe not the recreational biker. That was no,
1: not. no. It's never been about sport for me. It's always been about the utilitarianness of it. So, it was. It started in Birmingham specifically, as mm-hmm. I arrived um, only a couple days before the grad school semester started, mm-hmm. and I had actually missed the window of time to buy a parking pass. Okay. At UAB, which is a very coveted thing okay. if you're a grad student, um, and so I had to come up with a better solution than parking on campus to get to work in the
0: mornings. Okay.
1: Um, and, I love it. <laughs> and I knew I could ride my bicycle, and so necessity is the mother of invention. So I said, okay, well, I guess I will become a commuter in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. Very simple. Um, and so I did. Yeah. And I realized I didn't live very far from the university campus, and it was much nicer for me to start my day and end my day on my bike than it was to hop in a car. And it actually really took me less time point yeah. A to point B. Um. And so it just stuck. And, and that's how I ended up interacting with Redemptive. Um, Redemptive has these Thursday night rides. And so I was actually out, probably commuting home from work, taking the long way, taking the scenic way one evening, going through downtown at sunset time. And I came across the downtown trample ride, which is our Thursday night ride. And I thought, well they look welcoming and they're not in spandex and (laughs) I have my backpack on and I'm wearing jeans but I'll just follow along and see what these people are up to and were
0: were they just leaving or coming back
1: I think I think they were they weren't at the shop at the time they were somewhere around town I think it was under one of the viaducts is when I kind of looped under them um, or looped around to join the group and I I literally followed them back to the bike shop because I was just kind of intrigued and someone started chatting with me and very welcoming environment very friendly um at that time i think it was maybe 16 20 people on the ride so it was a small group and that's how those rides started and i just thought yeah this is cool this is these are my kind of people obviously um and so understood the organization slowly from there started riding with them occasionally on thursday nights and then i was doing um, grad school at the time and so i started volunteer grant writing for them Mm because i was doing a lot of grant writing in grad school and um, it's very nice to get your grants funded which happened Mm -hmm. with Redemptive but wasn't happening with my science grants Um, and so that was exciting to be able to start giving back to this new community of mine because I had only lived here for about a year when I found Redemptive um, with a talent that I you know it wasn't any skin off my back to do this grant writing work and so I started understanding the mission and the story of redemptive and understanding these personal stories of redemption that the clients were experiencing. And I just got more and more involved.
0: Yeah. I heard somebody say this this week, God (laughs) doesn't play checkers. God plays chess. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one of, the, one of the questions I had, but you've already answered it. I was going to ask you: Did you see any of this coming? Because an interesting thing about uh, uh, that I know about you, uh, you're you're a PhD. Yes. A PhD in
1: microbiology. Microbiology.
0: <laughs> and so, when, so here you are. You're riding through Birmingham one night. You're you're kind of put in a position to have to get that uh, to get a bicycle. That's a creative way to yeah. to take care of a problem. You come across them as they're out on their Thursday night ride, follow them back to the shop, and here you are. How long have you been the executive director?
1: Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Wow. So I literally defended on a Friday night, which is the penultimate moment of getting your PhD, Uh and I started at Redemptive on Tuesday morning. Wow. So talk about a chess game. Yeah. The timing of all of that worked out extremely well. Um, It was a major career shift for Uh me, but it was also one that in a lot of ways I felt called to do, Mm -hmm. um, because I felt in my former work, the whole reason that I had started it was to help people. Mm -hmm. I think that's oftentimes what most of us want in life, Mm -hmm. is that we want to help people in either direct or indirect ways. And so I was doing uh, lab-based scientific research, Mm -hmm. that's what I got my PhD doing. Um, and I just became extremely impatient. The, the timelines are long mm-hmm. to help someone in that world and I wasn't cut from the right cloth mm-hmm. to fee- feel like it was impactful enough to be fulfilling to me. And perhaps that's a little selfish, mm-hmm. perhaps it's also um, just a very good way to weed out whether that career was good for me or not. Yeah. Um, But I saw that I could directly help people Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time at Redemptive. And that was extremely appealing to me because I could also see a great need in my community. Mm -hmm. And I very much wanted to move the needle forward on that. I wanted to make an impact in a tangible way. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my talents... Would be best served at that moment in life doing this job, and that has definitely been true. Um, it's been extremely fulfilling, mm-hmm. and I think the big secret of nonprofit work is that it is extremely fulfilling. You know, mm-hmm. people from the outside see it as very selfless, and the fact is, is that in a lot of ways, it's a little selfish yeah. because you get a lot of personal fulfillment from doing the kind of work that we do, but yeah. it doesn't make it emotionally easy. Or um, doesn't mean that we haven't made sacrifices to do it, but I think that's why most people who are in nonprofits stay in nonprofits is because that fulfillment is really hard to beat, and it's yeah. hard to find in other sectors.
0: Yeah, and I know that firsthand. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe your PhD comes back into play somewhere. Yeah. Because I, know <laughs> uh, if we were playing a word of, word association game, okay. Uh, you know, and I said redemption. Um, I know your are Redemptive Cycles. What does that What does that word mean to you personally, redemption?
1: I think it, it means the ultimate result of grace. So be it from your community or your creator mm-hmm. um, or self-made sometimes. Um, but I think redemption is all about the fulfillment of grace in your life.
0: Okay. That's a beautiful answer. You if you're in non-profit work you're continually pouring out Mm -hmm. uh, and and joyfully willingly doing that but at the same time you know as well as I do we need those uh, those things in our life that replenish what feeds your heart
1: I love to travel Um, and so I make very conscious decisions to prioritize travel in my life because I love understanding the world around me mm-hmm. I feel like no matter where I go I understand my home better mm-hmm. after a trip and that to me is very important and so I prioritize time and personal financial resources to make sure that I always have the ability to travel yeah so but I also really love um, I love Cooking and so, like, for daily everyday life, I, I really love making a really nice meal for myself and the people that I love, and just being able to savor that and enjoy it. I also love enjoying other people's talents in that sense. Oh. So, um, Birmingham is a great city for that. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a foodie city in a lot of ways. It is. Um, and so, that's really fun to see the renaissance of Birmingham also be the renaissance of the downtown restaurant scene. And there's been restaurants that have been here for years and years and years which are phenomenal but there's also really cool ones that have opened up recently and so that's yeah. that's fun
0: you know I've kind of seen both ends of that back in the 70s uh it was a foodie town before yeah. the word foodie you know people even used that word but then something happened in between you know I wasn't here the whole time during this point but I remember one incident sticks out in my mind it was a it was a, an event to celebrate happened to fall on a Sunday Sunday evening we're trying to find a place to go out to eat mm-hmm. couldn't find any place right and this was 20 years ago and it was like whoa and I remember when there was an abundance of places now it's back that way now yes. so yeah. uh, that's really cool you love to travel I do yes. I get that so totally yeah. that yeah uh,
1: and I, I think um, I think sadly travel is something that people Deprioritize mm-hmm. because it can be financially restrictive, um, and it also takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I don't know whether I think it's as I've traveled more and more. I feel like there's something ultimately about American wo- work culture that tells us mm-hmm. that taking time off is a sign of weakness or non-dedication, mm-hmm. and I think that's problematic yeah, because I it I agree. it really you have to recharge, whether you have a corporate job mm-hmm. or a nonprofit job. I think it's really important to step away and get back to basics yeah. and it helps to clarify um, personal and professional goals
0: yeah I spent nine days this past summer at Glacier National Park oh, and it was like oh gorgeous. Yeah. yeah I want to go back um, but it's the first time I've ever been yeah, so yeah. I get I totally get that I have a dear 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 friend who occasionally will ask me the question what great thing are you gonna do this week
1: what great thing what am great, I going to do what this What great week? thing are
0: you going to do this week? How would you answer that question?
1: That's a good question. I think I'm going to do a lot of great things this week. So I'm it, trying to narrow it down to a really good one. Um, well, we have an event coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's coming up on October 19th. I don't know when this is going to air. But it'll, we're sitting it'll here It'll air today. this coming Monday. Okay. Um, so
0: that'll be, what, October the 3rd.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, and so, it's October 1st today, mm-hmm. and so I'm in full-blown preparation mode for this okay. event. So, I think the great thing that I will do this week is give myself a little bit of peace of mind to get the last moving pieces of some of this event coordination nailed down. Okay. And just very simple things, like doing the last bit of marketing for it, um, trying to get make sure that we have enough year on site I don't know if I can say that you can. Um, but because that's a component of the fundraising mm-hmm. at the event and making sure that that everything's in place for the mm-hmm. event to be a success and okay. simple thing
0: and the event what's the event
1: the event is tall bike joust and it's tall
0: by joust
1: tall bike
0: Tall bike jowl. Yes. Um,
1: And it's held at historic Rickwood Field this year, Mm -hmm. which is a wonderful venue in West Birmingham. It's America's America's oldest ball field. There's a lot of Birmingham and just baseball history Mm that has happened on the field. We're gonna be jousting on the field. The event is not about you or anyone listening jousting. We have a group of jousters that will be doing that. Okay. It's to spectate them. Okay, um,
0: so these are prepared, pre- semi-prepared semi, yeah, amateurs. amateurs. Yeah, amateurs, yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly, so nobody's a professional jouster, okay. but okay. Um, it's a group of people who like doing it, and it's a very fun, um, somewhat silly, a little absurd event, and We're just really excited to do it for the seventh year in a row. Last year, we raised over $12,000 for the organization at it. This year, we're hoping for somewhere around the same number we'd be very happy with.
0: And this Saturday? October 19th. October 19th. 19th. 6
1: p.m. Rickwood Field. And you can buy tickets at www.tallbikejoust.org.
0: Okay. And I said this will air on the 3rd, actually it airs on October 6th, so you have 13 days if you're listening to this on that particular Monday. Um, How can can people get involved with Redemptive Cycle?
1: I would invite them to come ride with us on Thursday nights. I think that is the best first introduction to the shop that you can have. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes when I invite people to ride their bike with us, folks get intimidated Mm -hmm. because they think that we're going to be in spandex and it's going to be a competition for speed or something. And it's not at all like that. Our Thursday night rides are really community rides. They're social. It's eight to 10 social miles. We go to a different Birmingham location every single week. And it's what we call a no drop ride, which okay. means that nobody's gonna get left behind. Okay. We have a team of volunteers in place to help with safety and to also ensure that you have a good ride and that you stay with the group. and all of those things we're again at a social pace okay. you'll be able to have a conversation the entire time that you're riding your bike so we hope that um it's an enjoyable event for you we've crafted it to be that but it's really diverse as well so it has everything from our clients to corporate members of Birmingham riding together on their bikes. Okay. Um, it's very unifying because we have all age ranges, all socioeconomic backgrounds, all professional backgrounds on the ride. And it's just a time for us to celebrate. We use the term Redemptive Cycles family a lot Mm -hmm. because the atmosphere that we cultivate at Redemptive Cycles is very much a chosen family atmosphere. And so it's just a time to celebrate being with your Redemptive Cycles family. And you can be a part of the family, whether it's your first ride or your 100th. Um, we've been doing it for five and a half years. Wow. Have never missed a Thursday.
0: Wow! So it rain is rain or shine,
1: rain or shine, holiday or no holiday.
0: Wow!
1: Um, every single Thursday in Birmingham, we ride.
0: I- those those nineteen months I served at the mission, I, I was there know. on a Thursday night, and Friday night, and I That's was a
1: marketing fail it, it on our part that perfect. you didn't know about it. Yeah, so. I would, yeah,
0: because that would have been me. Uh, no spandex for me, but yeah, blue no. jeans. I'm, I'm all yeah. Dead, no,
1: so. I ride in heels uh, sometimes if yeah. I'm coming from a meeting. It happens. That is so cool. very casual, very
0: accessible. And if they wanted to get a little bit more involved in that, or you know, yeah. or, or if they wanted to. To make donations, whether yes. it be uh, bikes that they have gathered yes. up around the house, or uh, so,
1: if you're not into riding a bike, which I totally understand, it's fine. You can still engage with the organization. We accept yeah. donations of used bicycles. Um, those go towards our earn a bike program, can go towards retail used bikes in the shop or sometimes strip for parts. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a bike triage process that we go with with any donation. But anyone who donates can get a donation receipt. Mm-hmm. Um, you can donate at the shop anytime that we're open, ten to six, Tuesday through Saturday. We hold occasional bike drives throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Um, if folks are feeling extra motivated, they can organize a bike drive mm-hmm. at their place of worship, their place of work, their gym. Um, we help hold them at all different places and mm-hmm. that basically allows a central gathering point that's convenient to your community mm-hmm. for us to gather those bikes, issue those receipts, mm-hmm. um, and then take them back to the shop and put those bikes to work in okay. redeeming people's lives. Um, but. Monetary donations are accepted. Mm -hmm. There is a form on our website that allows you to make a single time or a recurring monthly donation. Um, And either one of those things is extremely useful to us. Um, And then we always have, like, end of the year, we actually holiday season is coming up we actually have a giving tree in the shop so if you wanted to come and visit the shop um, you could come select an ornament off the tree and a representative Mm -hmm. amount and it will give you an idea of what we can do say with six dollars or twelve dollars or twenty dollars it tells a little story about what that amount of money does for our organization so it's a great way to get introduced to our work to come see the shop and to give back a little bit during the holiday season.
0: That is cool. Yeah. I have a, a belief that, uh, first off, God created us. He created us uniquely, uh, individually, unlimited. Mm-hmm. He's a creator. I mean, just in no, no limit to His uh, imagination and His creativity. And I believe that uh, we're created in His image, the Bible says, that that level of creativity is is there and ought to be pouring through us and Mm -hmm. so whenever i hear something like it's so creative like what y'all do Mm -hmm. Uh, and the beauty of that i'm like yes to that because i think sometimes we just get i don't know it's almost like we get uh tunnel vision as far as how to approach a problem or how to approach a challenge or an opportunity Mm -hmm. and we get kind of stuck and yeah. so when something like this comes along, it's like, that's out of the box. I love out of the box. I don't believe there should be a box. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I appreciate what y'all are, y'all are doing, the spirit in what you do, I think it's beautiful. And uh, I hope folks listening to this, uh, maybe this will spark something in them and their community. Maybe they're not in Alabama or you know, yeah. wherever they are. that. Uh, might challenge them as well.
1: Yeah, and I would encourage folks if they're listening and they're not from Birmingham, there's a lot of nonprofit bike shops throughout the United States mm-hmm. that do similar things to Redemptive. Um, they're not called Redemptive Cycles. Everyone is, most of them are just single spots mm-hmm. in individual towns. But there may be, sometimes they're called a co op, sometimes they're called a nonprofit bike shop, sometimes they're just a volunteer run bike shop. Um, but oftentimes they have similar themes. They'll have an earn a bike program that maybe looks a little bit different, or they'll have other ways that they're giving back to the community, um, their community in need around them using the tool of a bicycle. So if you're not from Birmingham, do a little digging. You might be surprised at what you find.
0: No, yeah, that's awesome. Well, Catherine, thank you for coming to the table. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank, thank you for sharing you so lunch much. with me. It was so good. I really so, appreciate it. Appreciate that. And uh, every week we have a little way we sign off. Actually, we announce that the table is ready. I, I, I say, Party of Redemption, your table is now available. That's also the way we sign off. So would you do that for us? Say, Party of Redemption, your table is now available. Sure.
1: Party of Redemption, your table is now available. Thank you very much.